You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 271 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I guess a nice happy Thanksgiving to all of our friends south of the border in the United States as uh, they have a nice long weekend this week. Envious of, um, yeah, them having turkey um, at this time of year. And, and of course, for um, those of us in Canada, we can still participate by watching um, a full day of NFL on Thanksgiving and then I know some people were pretty busy Black Fridaying, um, getting all those Christmas gifts, because it's a month today, one month t- till Christmas. Um, our last podcast in November, the season is flying by. Yeah, uh, luckily uh, yesterday morning I realized what time of year it was. I went on to Amazon, finished all my Christmas shopping, so that's all <laughs> taken care of. Well, we uh, all hate you. We do. <laughs> no, congratulations. <laughs> that's that's fabulous. Absolutely. But uh, we do have a pretty busy episode on the show. It's been kind of a hectic week uh, this uh, past week since we were last here. Uh, we'll get you up to date on everything to do with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, some games, uh, some roster updates, prospect news, and then some general news from around the NHL. And then uh, in segment two, uh, well, uh, as we approach American, th- well, as we're on a American Thanksgiving, it's a nice benchmark as to see uh, where each team in the NHL is at. So we'll uh, take a look at that and uh, we'll talk about what the Habs could do with the remainder of the season. In segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment. We turn it over to our listeners and to our listeners, we ask which players will finish the season as a Montreal as uh, the Canadians goaltending tandem. So we want to hear from you. And uh, Rick, what's the best way for all of our listeners to reach out and let us know their thoughts? We have a text line. Uh, it's called the Rocket Sports text line because it includes Rocket in in the uh, in the name. Three, uh, 5853 Rocket, 5853 Rocket. Text us 24 hours a day and uh, let us know your thoughts on, on the Canadians. Ask us a question 
Um, and if you do ask us a question, and, and if it's something that we are going to use on an upcoming episode, make sure you tell us your first name and where you are uh, texting from. Absolutely. And you can follow us on our social media and reach out to us that way. Uh, we're at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, we have a website you can check out, canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, make sure that you check out our comprehensive game previews and our post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at thn.com slash Montreal. And here's what's happened since we've been gone, since we've been gone this past week. Uh, going back all the way to November the 18th, uh, Bo- uh, Montreal goes to Boston and, uh, well, they get a bit of a whooping. Boston wins 5-2. to two. Uh, The Habs really didn't have a whole lot going for them. I think Boston dominated in just about every category. Uh, For Montreal, though, Slavkovsky and Kovacevic picked up their second goals of the season. Uh, Pretty poor performance for the Habs beyond that. I think Jake Allen was hung out to dry. I don't think he had a bad game per se, but of course, Boston scored five in that one, so that's not great. 39 saves for Allen, and, and I don't think he could be faulted on any of the first three goals. Um, lots of, of pucks off sticks, both Boston sticks and Montreal sticks. Um, and, and it left, uh, the Canadians, uh, on a four game losing, uh, skid. Um, and I've mentioned this for a long time, um, that, uh, they were still at that point, uh, w- without a regulation win since, uh, October 23rd. Uh, and that game was against the Sabres. And uh, Montreal did snap that losing streak in their next game on the 22nd of November. They go into Anaheim and they win 4-3. to three, And that was their first regulation win in exactly a month. Uh, they almost fumbled this one, though. This was a tight game between these two teams. But uh, I think one Alex Newhook uh, heard your criticism of him <laughs> last week. And he potted a couple goals. His fifth and his sixth uh, goals of the season. Uh, the sixth being the winner. Yeah, this was... Um... You know, two teams that are, are rebuilding, two very young teams, and we saw we saw soup to nuts in this game. Um, there was sloppy play, there was brilliant playmaking, uh, there was um, tremendous saves, there were soft goals, um, there was uh, you know a, a little bit of everything. Um, but yes, it was it was Newhook that uh, put an end to that four game losing streak for the Canadians. And then uh, yesterday on Friday, November the 24th, uh, Montreal goes into San Jose and they come away with the shootout victory, 3-2. to two. Uh, Mike Hoffman scores a goal against the Montreal Canadiens in his first game facing Montreal since being traded to San Jose. Caden uh, Primo got the start in this one. He picks up his first win of the season. Uh, Jonathan Kovacevic and Cole Caulfield scored the two Mo- Montreal goals, but it was Yessa Ulanen with a sweet move in the shootout to win this. A six-round uh, shootout, and yes, what a great move um, to Deke McKenzie Blackwood and and then bury it uh, Yessa Ulanen, uh, who we're going to hear from a little later in, in the quote um, of the week. Um, but this was uh, fascinating. The the two teams at the bottom. Um, of the the league in terms of regulation wins, uh, the Canadians and the Sharks tied with just three um, regulation wins, and you figured somebody's got to take the lead. no, no, no. Um, they, they still, after the game is over, uh, have three regulation wins each. So the Canadians' record so far is nine, nine, and two. That's twenty points and twentieth in the NHL. Uh, so make sure that you continue to check out the Habs notepad, Habs headlines, and feature articles in game day posts appearing regularly at THN.com slash Montreal. 
Taking a look at the roster news, we have a few updates on injuries. Uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard was placed on IR with a lower body injury. He could be out to, uh, for about six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, remember when he went out originally, it was an upper body injury. Came back uh, one game, I believe, tried to make it go. Now he's out uh, for an extended period with uh, a lower body injury. Jordan Harris was placed on IR with a lower body injury. He's going to be out indefinitely. Yeah, no time attached to this, which um, which is um, well concerning, I think. Uh, as you said, out indefinitely. And then Arbor Jackai is out with an upper body injury. Currently day-to-day, uh, he was placed on IR retroactively yesterday on November the 24th. Yeah, we saw him take that big hit uh, against Vegas and... and uh, uh, not the not the same uh, shoulder that he had repaired, but uh, unfortunately he'll be out for a bit. And that's um, we see David Savard, we see Arbor Jacka, we see Jordan Harris, uh, three of the Canadians uh, defensemen out. So as a result, they had to make some call ups this past week. Uh, Jaden Struble, Matthias Norlander, and Yoel Armia were called up from the Rocket. Nice to see Jaden Struble get on the board and put up an assist against the Sharks. Yeah, he made his uh, debut against uh, Anaheim um, and uh, then was able in the next game, um, said he felt a little more comfortable and was able to uh, get his first point uh, in the NHL. And we actually have some audio coming from Jaden Struble uh, talking about playing his first game in the NHL. Yeah, that's uh, that was awesome. Just like very cool experience all around. And then, I mean, cherry on top to get the win. I felt like uh, like after the first shift, it's just kind of another game. Um, but like, yeah, it's definitely like you look out and you see guys that you've been watching on TV. It's it's a little intimidating, but once you're once you're on the ice, it's kind of, it's just a game. I like Jaden Struble. I like the way he plays. I really like the way he skates. Uh, but he just is is a mature player. Uh, we've said this for a while, and and um, yeah, he did the solo lap as is is customary. But um, yeah, he, these guys are. Uh, one time we're, we're hockey fans watching on TV and now you get to play against those guys. And, and so, yes, initially he was a little intimidated, but, um, fell right into a groove and, and, and was looking pretty comfortable in the two games that he played. Yeah. Jaden Struble's not an A-level prospect. I think we can agree on that, but you know what? He's come into this Montreal organization. He's been looking pretty good in Laval. He earned the call up for sure. And I think he's had a good couple of games there. Of course, getting his first point as well. Uh, I'm pretty happy with what I've seen from Jaden Struble in his early parts of the career. Absolutely, and uh, he can um, he, he can contribute some of what um, Arbor Jacki, at least the physical play, maybe not the fisticuffs uh, so much, but um, he is a physical player, an excellent skater, um, and we saw him um, contributing to the offense uh, this in the two games he was in. So now we'll get to this week's winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So we'll start things off with our losers. And for this week, based on my pick, I will preface this by saying we put a lot of thought into these. We don't just pick anyone for the sake of picking someone. And there have been weeks where if we felt like there's not been a loser, we've skipped this segment or we've only done a winner. And that all that just to say, this week, uh, I, I think Gary Bettman forced my hand. He made me do it. Uh, a couple reasons, and there, there are more. You can fill in the gaps if you want. But uh, the first reason I'll present to you, 
no games in the NHL on Tuesday night. No games in the NHL on Thursday night. Look, uh, on the Thursday, I think you and I both agree that, you know what, American Thanksgiving, maybe that's a little bit more understandable. But Tuesday night, kind of ridiculous. And the rationale uh, tweeted out and reported by Jeff Merrick is this. No NHL games tonight. Here's why. There's only three teams and buildings available to host games tonight. Vancouver, Calgary, Arizona. Uh, Canadian teams get sent to the U.S. this week for Thanksgiving Eve, Black Friday, since home games this week were were requested by American teams. I don't think that's a good enough excuse, to be honest. You had two Canadian teams available with available buildings in Vancouver and Calgary. You cannot tell me that people would not have wanted to watch that. Or if you were insisting on a game happening in the States, well, Gary Bettman's favorite team, the Arizona Coyotes, were literally (laughs) available. So send whoever down there. Uh, So I think missed opportunity. I did find myself on Tuesday night with a rare free night for me, thinking, you know what, it'd be really nice to watch some hockey, Uh, maybe even a chance to get to know some of the other teams. Nothing to watch, uh, but look over at the NBA. They are having an in-season tournament right now, all sorts of games every night of the week. So missed opportunity for the NHL. I'm sure tons of hockey fans would have loved to tune into literally anything on Tuesday night or even Thursday. And before I put uh, my second reason for Gary Bettman as the loser, uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add to that, uh, Rick? No, I agree with you 100%. And and yes, I understand uh, maybe why the NHL wouldn't want to go head-to-head with the NFL on American uh, Thanksgiving. That might be a losing proposition. It's tra- the tradition of of watching um, the NFL on, on, on American Thanksgiving. But Tuesday, um, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'd add is... is why is the NHL so far down um, the priority list in their own buildings uh, that only three um, three arenas were available on that date? Um, that that seems a little wrong to me. Yeah, and uh, my reason number two that I'll give here is uh, well, did you know that the league has not participated in any international tournaments since 2014? Yeah, so that's coming up on a decade just about where we've not seen best on best in any kind of a world championship. And we've been hearing for a while, you know, the NHL wants to do like a World Cup style competition. We had a a little taste of this, uh, I think, a few years back. It happened in the preseason and it kind of became a bit of a laughing stock with all the gimmicky things they did. Like instead of having, you know, full on Team Germany's and Slovakia, they did like a Team Europe and whatnot. Well, uh, well, the, uh, they made an announcement this week. They decided finally that they will do an international competition. But here's the thing. Once again, the NHL making it uh, kind of laughable. Only four teams will be mm. competing in this. Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland. So with that said, no Leon Dreisaitl, no David Pasternak. Uh, none of the smaller countries that are very hockey crazy like Switzerland, Austria, Latvia. They're not going to be able to participate in this at all. So, honestly, this isn't even best on best at this point, I don't think. Uh, If there's only four teams, and look, I get that these are probably the four top teams. I think a lot of people would expect that these are the teams that would be in the top four anyway. But uh, shame on the league for not uh, including any other teams within this. I don't know if it's a money thing or what, but you've had, what, almost a decade to try and come up with something, and the best you could do is four teams this this is just this is not acceptable in my eyes yeah and and i understand the political situation but but uh russia um there's some pretty good uh, 
Russian players as well. So uh, I have to agree with you there. Absolutely. And uh, who do you pick for your loser of the week? I'm going outside the NHL. Um, and um, a great a great event uh, last weekend, uh, the Grey Cup. Congratulations to the Montreal Alouettes. Um, we ta- I, I mentioned NFL football. Uh, the championship game uh, in the CFL, the Grey Cup, is always a great game. Uh, typically, a great game. Um, it's it's close. It's it's and it was again um, great effort by uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, again. And and um, we know they've been in it uh, the last few seasons. Uh, the Alouettes um, underdogs. Um, uh, the Blue Bombers uh, beset by by injuries to key players. Uh, congratulations to to the Alouettes. However, um, after the game, um, there was a, a, a player, a, a safety for the Alouettes, uh, Marc Antoine Decroix, and he he made what can only be described as as very bigoted comments. He went on this anti-anglophone rant, um, and you know, at the very least. He was he was criticizing his his own his own markets English fans, um, and of course English CFL fans across the league. And it was disturbing. It was disgusting. Um, he they asked him to, to you know the next day to kind of uh, apologize. He didn't. He said no. He was just misunderstood. And but his comments really only had one kind of meaning. So. Um, and, and listen, he, he was a good player along the way. He, uh, there was a pick six in the Eastern final, uh, that allowed the, the team to upset the Argos. Um, so it was just really, really unfortunate. And, and maybe, maybe even more unfortunate is the fact that, um, where were all the, uh, reporters in Quebec, uh, calling him out? Because if the situation had been re- reversed, um, it would, there would have been, uh, an explosion of of uh, comments, and I was really I was really disappointed uh, in our our media colleagues in Quebec that they didn't um, make more of this and and um, and and uh, encourage a, a, a proper apology from the organization uh, and from the player involved. So um, a, a black mark on on the um, on what was otherwise. Uh, a great event and and uh, what led to a parade and 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 all of that. Um, so I, I was I was bothered by that. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And uh, we'll move along to our winners of the week and uh, end on a more positive note here. I'll give it well, I'll give mine to start, and I'm going with one Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, kind of a cool story coming out of this week. Uh, over the span of three days, uh, Nedeljkovic. Uh, comes back from an injury he goes on a conditioning stint in the american hockey league playing for the pittsburgh uh, penguins affiliate uh, scranton wilkesbury and he scores a goalie goal uh, like a, a real oh, yeah. goalie goal <laughs> as you pointed out and then uh, not too long after uh, he goes up to the nhl uh, he plays a, a game for pittsburgh against the defending stanley cup champions and the vegas golden knights and uh, he gets a shutout so uh, crazy week for uh, alex nadelkovich uh, making history in the AHL as well. Uh, I think yeah, the first goaltender to score two career uh, goals uh, in the AHL. Uh, his last one came all the way back in uh, 2018 on March the 10th uh, versus Hartford. Uh, that 
at that point, he was a member of the Charlotte Checkers. So uh, big congrats to Nedeljkovic. Uh, I think a lot of people became fans of his while he was in Carolina. He moved along to Detroit and things just went off the rails. He was almost unplayable. But uh, he earned himself a contract uh, this offseason with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, despite uh, an injury to start the season, uh, it's nice to see him get things back on track and have a little bit of success. Yeah, he is a goaltender that uh, I've enjoyed uh, watching and listening to, and especially when he was with uh, Carolina. And uh, and Carolina could have used him on Friday night. Um, I think it was Antti Ranta who was in net, gave up eight goals on 14 shots uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but yes, uh, this is especially... Um, that he's uh, a bit of a character and and a uh, fascinating goalie to watch in the Delkovich and, and uh, a really worthy pick. Absolutely. And uh, who do you have for your winner of the week? I have Rick Bonus and uh, Rick Bonus, of course, um, one of the older, uh, maybe even the oldest head coach in the National Hockey League, uh, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we know that uh, back in October, he took a leave of absence from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, his, his wife, Judy had had a seizure seizure and, um, until they got that figured out and diagnosed, um, he decided to step away from the team and to be with her. Um, so really good on, uh, Rick bonus, really good on the Jets organization, uh, for letting him do that. I'm, I'm aware of other organizations that wouldn't have allowed, um, you know, um, individuals to, to step away for family uh, um, issues. Um, and a great for a Scott O'Neill stepped in and he was, uh, he's the associate coach with, with the Jets. Um, and he was the interim uh, head coach. And under um, Arneal, uh, the Jets ran a 9-2-2 and record, um, which terrific. Um, and um, they, they, in Rick Bonus's re- return, uh, they had a shutout over um, the Florida Panthers on Friday night, and that was their fifth straight win. So um, this is a this is a wonderful story all the way around by the Jets, by O'Neill, uh, by Rick Bonus, and also I'll I'll throw in their captain, uh, Winnipeg Jets captain Adam Lowry. Um, I mentioned that uh, game on Friday where the Jets uh, shut out the Panthers. Um, captain Adam Lowry presented the game puck to Rick Bonus on his return. So um, really nice story all around. Yeah, great story. Uh, I'm glad you didn't just pick uh, Rick Bonus because of his first name. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, too. Rick Bonus. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy too. Uh, I know he's been in the league for a, su- a very, very long time, spent many years as an assistant or an associate coach. Uh, finally got uh, an opportunity to be a head coach, moves over to Winnipeg, and a uh, great story coming out of this week. And nice to see that uh, that whole Winnipeg uh, organization uh, rallied around him uh, in his absence, and then they come back and get a shutout. So great pick on your winner. And now it's a good time to get to our prospect uh, update. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects. 
So each week, uh, we like to highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect and uh, shine the spotlight on them. This week, uh, I'm going to shine the spotlight on one Luke Tuck of Boston University. Uh, so in 13 games this season, well, he's got 13 points. He's rocking a nice plus nine. Uh, I think this is somebody that uh, we haven't talked about a ton, but uh, there are quite a few Montreal prospects on uh, that Boston University team. Uh, Luke Tuck's maybe an older prospect. Uh, I know that... Uh, as of August 15th, 2024, that's the deadline for Montreal to sign him if they want him to remain within the organization. And uh, I think he's looked pretty good. I don't think he's, you know, an A or an A-plus prospect at the moment, but uh, somebody that uh, in recent years has uh, started to really come into his own. So uh, Luke Tuck is uh, who we're going to shine the spotlight on this week. And, and maybe just uh, a little overshadowed um, or yeah. a lot <laughs> overshadowed by Lane Hudson, of course, that's the... Uh, player you're referring to with the Boston University Terriers. Um, but uh, Luke Tuck, uh, he's been playing most of the season um, with Macklin Celebrini. Of course, Celebrini, one of the top uh, prospects for the 2024 NHL draft. Uh, but getting lots of ice time, as you said, um, a point of game uh, player. And um, I think he's, he's looking as good as he's looked um, in his uh, collegiate career. Um, on Saturday, uh, Boston University Terriers play uh, Cornell, um, and that's both Luke Tuck and Lane Hudson at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so that's uh, that'll be um, an experience for uh, both of those Canadians' prospects. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to point out a few other uh, really good performances uh, over this past week from Montreal prospects, uh, starting with Jacob Fowler. Uh, he gets a shutout this week, and then uh, a couple of four-point performances coming from both uh, Philippe Michard and Owen Beck. Yeah, for uh, Philippe Michard, it was uh, his first um, hat-trick of, of uh, um, his OHL career, and and he's just been very good and very... Um, I, I think he's embraced uh, this opportunity. Maybe um, last last year it was a, a, a difficult transition for him, um, but uh, you know he's been terrific uh, this season. Um, Twenty three points in in twelve games for the Kitchener Rangers, um, and yes, a, a, a five point uh, five points in the last two games, four goals, and an assist. Um, Owen Beck, uh, he's been unbelievable um, for Peterborough. And remember, uh, folks were saying, well, uh, and even our own Mike Rashle saying, uh, I don't know, uh, Peterborough's, um, you know, not going to be much this season. Well, they've, they've, uh, um, they're first in, in, in their division and having a, a, a great season. Um, Owen Beck with 21 points in 19 games. Um, he had uh, four goals and two assists uh, this past week, a six-point week, three, three goals, a hat trick against the Oshawa Generals. Um, and uh, it was Peterborough winning that game 6-5 in overtime. Uh, what should be noted is that the Generals had a 5-0 lead. Um, and down 5 nothing. it was Owen Beck that uh, got the hat trick. He was, he was the... The trigger. He was the one that ignited the the comeback, um, and of interest, it was his second hat trick of the season against the same team. He's had two hat tricks against the uh, Oshawa Generals. Um, you mentioned Jacob Fowler. It's, it was his first uh, shutout in the NCAA. Um, 
and he's having a, having a terrific season. The one shutout, uh, a record of nine two and one, nine twenty six save percentage, two fourteen goals against. He was um, we mentioned he was Hockey East goaltender of the month uh, for October, um, and it was his birthday on Friday. So happy nineteenth birthday to uh, Jacob Fowler. Yeah, great week for him. Uh, that's that's pretty crazy that he was able to achieve that and have his birthday. So nice <laughs> to see that. But, uh, well, what about uh, one David Reimbacker? I feel like we haven't talked about him a whole lot since, uh, well, since he's been injured. He has come back for a few weeks here. Uh, he's played eight games on the season, only three points, averaging about 18 minutes per game. Um, I feel like David Reimbacker uh, not having the greatest start to his season, no? Mm, yeah. Uh, as you said, what was injured um but has only played uh, eight games um, and and three points total. That the goal that he got was an empty netter. Um, whether you take anything out of that or not, um, but uh, since he's coming come back from injury, he's just he's looked awful. He's he's looked timid and tentative on the ice and uh, lots of turnovers. Um, you know, Nathan Beaulieu is is. We mentioned him before joining uh, Cloten and is now Cloten's most used defenseman. You'd like that to be David Reinbacker. Uh, I think you would. Um, and Cloten is is an awful team. They're 13th place of 14 teams. They have uh, six wins um, in eight, and uh, 14 losses. Um, they aren't very good. And and the the saving grace uh, we 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 heard. Uh, over and over again, that don't worry, uh, he's in Cloton and he'll be looked after by Jerry Fleming, uh, who is the head coach of Cloton and also has ties to Montreal. Uh, well, Jerry Fleming was fired last week uh, because of Cloton being so awful. General Manager Larry Mitchell took over on an interim basis. So a bit of a mess there. Um, not good development opportunity. And, and David Reinbacker is, um, is struggling. Let's be honest, he's struggling. Yeah, so we'll uh, keep an eye on him for you, and uh, we'll give you updates on how his uh, season progresses along the way. But uh, for now, let's take a look at the Laval Rocket, Montreal's AHL affiliate. And they've had kind of a rough week. Uh, three losses uh, going back to uh, November the 18th, uh, visiting Utica. Utica wins 6-3. to three. Uh, The game was, I-, I guess, close in the third period, but uh, Utica pots uh, two empty netters to really seal that deal. A uh, couple days off in between before going to Rochester. Uh, Laval faces uh, Tokarski and Nett, uh, who put up a really solid performance, and the, the Amherst win 4-3. to three. Uh, Day off in between, uh, another game against Rochester. This one goes to overtime. Rochester winning 3-2. to two. Uh, two goals scored in the second for Laval uh, from Meshack and Kidney. Uh, no goals in the third, and uh, there you go, another loss. Three games, three losses. Uh, Armia's probably been their most consistent forward and the guy that's been scoring the most. But also, he's the first guy to get called up. So, uh, And uh, I guess the other thing I'll point out here is uh, all three games coming on the road, so it looks like struggling on the road, too. Uh, Riley Kidney uh, in that game on Friday night, a really nice goal. He, he's got such a tremendous shot, great release, quick release, used the defenseman as a screen, and uh, Cooley was in, in net for uh, Rochester and, and uh, beat him cleanly. Um, but Riley Kidney's not getting much opportunity. He's stuck on the forced line. He's been a healthy scratch at times. 
Um, Jan Mishak, uh, another uh, player who, you know, we've, we've talked about it. Scouts uh, like the, the style of his game last night. Um, uh, he, he went to the net, he drove to the net and, and, uh, was in the right place, uh, to, um, to, to, to score. Um, and he went back to the bench. He was just beaming. Um, he went back to the bench and, um, the camera caught Jeff Hool coming over. Um, he looks up, uh, Meshach looks up at Ool and the smile just drains right out of his face as Ool was reprimanding him for something. After he scored the goal, um, I don't know what in the world J.F. Wool is doing, uh, but it's not working. And uh, well, we know that he he loves using his veterans, um, and uh, they still are having a you know they're 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 struggling. And um, and and is the development going on there? Not so much. Um, even even Joshua Waugh has uh, had a he had a really tough week this past week. Um, and we've talked about him having a good season, um, you know, being in the top 10 in AHL scoring, but, um, but it was a real struggle for Laval this week. Absolutely. Uh, and the record shows, uh, currently the record is five, nine, three, and oh, that's a 0.382 points percentage and 29th in the AHL. Uh, so things are looking a little bit rough for this Laval rocket team. Uh, they have a couple games coming up within the next week, uh, but, uh, relatively quiet. They get a nice long break within there. On November the 25th, uh, they go to Syracuse. And then on December 1st, uh, they visit Abbotsford. So a pretty light week for them. Yeah, that um, Friday game in Abbotsford is uh, the start of a two-game series in Abbotsford Friday and uh, next Saturday. And Abbotsford always, for whatever reason, the two Canadian teams, um, it, it's, it's, it, get, it can get nasty, and uh, especially in that that building and so that's going to be a tough challenge for Laval uh, next weekend and uh, let's go down one more level and uh, t- keep an eye on the Trois-Rivières Lions the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens and a bit of an up and down week for them uh, going back to November the 18th uh, Maine comes to visit and the uh, Trois-Rivières win two to one uh, a couple days off in between brings us to November the 22nd and uh, Trois-Rivières gets shut out by Norfolk Four nothing win for Norfolk in that one. Uh, they uh, have a rematch a couple days later on the twenty fourth. Trois Rivière comes away with a five to three victory. Uh, but currently, Trois Rivière is still doing well in the standings. Uh, the record eleven three zero and zero. So that's second in the East. Uh, still pretty good despite a bit of a tougher week for them. Second in the East and and the fourth um, place overall in the ECHL, I believe. Um, and we talked about Joe Verbetic uh, has been very good for Trois Rivière. On Friday night, it was Zach Amond. Um, he made 24 saves in that win over uh, Norfolk. And uh, taking a look at the QMJHL, uh, well, uh, what we have started doing at Rocket Sports is uh, we take care of the hockey news QMJHL website. So that's THN.com slash QMJHL. And uh, we put out a nice article this uh, past week. And uh, Rick, can you tell us about it? Yeah, um, a few great articles. Um, love the the articles from the archive of the Hockey News. Uh, you can find several of those. Um, and um, there was an article that uh, uh, Jeremy Boucher, our, our Q contributor, uh, put out. And what what he's going to do the the uh, period the the trade period is upcoming for the QMJHL. Always fun to watch that. Uh, and he's going to take a look at each team. 
um, that uh, is going to be active. And uh, this week it was the Moncton Wildcats uh, sat down with the GM to talk about uh, their plans uh, for the the um, upcoming trade period. And, and uh, the, the comment there was, we want to win. So um, trades are fun in, in the CHL overall. And uh, you're going to want to follow that series because there'll be a lot of, of great information. Absolutely. So you can find all of our content on Canadians Prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. And you can find the best English language coverage of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League at THN.com slash QMJHL. And now it's a good time to get to our quote of the week. Uh, Rick, you teased this, uh, hearing from Yessa Ulanen. Well, on Friday night uh, against the San Jose Sharks, Yessa Ulanen scored the game-deciding goal in the shootout, and boy, that was a great goal. Uh, and, uh, well, he was asked about this. Yeah, it's good. It's always uh, always nice to, to score and uh, help, the, help the team win, and the wins are the only thing that matters right now. He is... And it's been this way since uh, we interviewed him with Laval. Uh, he's modest, he's humble, um, and he doesn't like to talk about his own uh, achievements. Um, he, as he said, the only thing that matters um, is is a win. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the it was it was his game deciding goal and a terrific move, as I, as I uh, mentioned earlier. Um, he's got great hands. Uh, he's a terrific skater, and um, and he deserves the praise, even though he doesn't like to accept it. Yeah, and uh, yes, Ullinen, well, he has played very well the last little while. I think you and I have been pretty impressed by him, although it seems like he's been almost stapled to that fourth line and getting less than 10 minutes per game. Uh, what, what do you think is going on with this? Yeah, typically um, he's averaging 11 shifts a game, and, and um, for whatever reason, um, Marty St. Louis has a blind spot when it comes to Yessa Ulan and my, and, and, um, Marty St. Louis has said that, that, you know, bench management is not his forte. Um, and, and it certainly applies, uh, to Yessa Ulan um, against the San Jose Sharks, um, on that fourth line, seven minutes and 16 seconds a game. And then you put him on the ice and, and he scores that game deciding goal against Anaheim. He had a really nice assist on Caden Gooley's goal, 7 minutes, 23 seconds. He had two goals against Vegas, the defending Stanley Cup champions, um, and and Ulan had, had uh, two goals in that game um, and played 7 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, it's, it's wrong. Um, it's wrong for him to be on the fourth line. He needs uh, more opportunity, and he needs more ice time. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And uh, with that, let's take a look at some hockey news and notes from around the league. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have announced that Air Canada is going to be their official road jersey partner. So at home, it's going to be RBC. On the road, it's going to be Air Canada. And you know what? The Air Canada logo on that jersey kind of blends in pretty well. Uh, the thing that bothers me about that RBC logo on the home jersey is it really just stands out. And the colors don't mesh well at all, but uh, that Air Canada logo—it it looks spot on. I don't mind that. Yeah, I like it too. On that, on the white uh, jersey, the the red maple leaf, the red logo of Air Canada—it it looks great. Um, don't mind it at all. This is uh, said to be a multi-year uh, partnership, um, and so you'll see that uh, you'll see that that logo on the jersey, um, and 
apparently if you buy uh, the jerseys, um, they'll come without, but that uh, they'll throw in the uh, sponsor patch for free, um, <laughs> says, <laughs> says the Montreal Canadiens. All right, that's very kind of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the TSN has announced their top 50 under 24 players. And, uh, well, how many Montreal Canadiens do you think made this list? And the answer is one. Cole mm. Caulfield comes in at uh, number eight. So not too many Montreal uh, players on that list at all. I think uh, Cole Caulfield at number eight makes a lot of sense based on uh, who else is on this list. And uh, Do you have anything that uh, you make of this, Rick? Well, I think that... Um... You know, Montreal Canadiens fans uh, believe that um, they have the the best prospect pool um, in um, in the National Hockey League, and um, you know, it, you, Canadians fans want to believe that because it, it makes the pain uh, of sitting at the bottom of the standings um, near the bottom of the standings worth it, worthwhile. It makes the losses worthwhile if. If you have confidence in your organization that it's it's building a wonderful prospect pool, um, what you don't see in this list, this top fifty list from TSN under twenty three, you don't see. We talked about him, David Reinbacker, not in this list. Uh, we don't see Yuri um, Slavkovsky, not in this list. Uh, Connor Bedard is is the number one, and then uh, a couple of the Hughes <laughs> brothers, um, and and you know justifiably so. Um, at second and third, uh, Tim Stutzel um, at at number four, uh, and Rasmus Dahlin rounding out the top five. As you said, Cole Caulfield at eight. Other uh, players that uh, are interesting to to point out. Um, you have Adam Fantilli um, uh, that who went to Columbus at number fourteen. Logan Cooley. Uh, we thought o- Logan Cooley might be a nice fit. Um, in Montreal, he's listed as uh, number 15, of course, went to Arizona. At number 16, who's, oh, I don't think I should mention this one, Matvey Michkov. That just gets, oh. yeah, that gets uh, the blood boiling for some Canadians fans at number 16. Um, I like in the 20s, you have uh, a bunch of goaltenders. Uh, Dustin Wolf uh, with Calgary at 22, Jesper Wallstead, who I think may, might be the, the best of of uh, the prospects, uh, number 23, part of uh, the Minnesota um, organization, and Devin Levi with Buffalo um, from Montreal at number 26. Um, Matty Knees uh, with Toronto. No, don't mention any uh, least prospects. I know that, that Mike Rush and I had a disagreement. I really liked Matty Knees and, and uh, uh, that uh, the Canadians could have had him uh, in uh, that draft. Number 42, who you and I have talked about, especially leading into the draft, Ryan Leonard. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, let's not get a controversy going there. How about David Juracek at uh, number uh, 44 from the 2022 draft? I, I talked about that idea of swapping, you know, take the defenseman in 2022, take the, the gritty forward in 2023. Didn't work out that way. And at number 47, another goaltender, Yaroslav Askarov, uh, why am I mentioning him? Well, he was offered to the Montreal Canadiens uh, at the 2023 draft. Yeah, so there you go. Honestly, looking up and down this list, I think they did a pretty good job of putting this together. 
And I don't think there's really anyone that I can think of that's missing from it as well. So good job to TSN. And uh, unfortunately for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, in a rebuild, it's kind of a shame to only have one player. Albeit it's a pretty good player, though. A very good player, yeah. And uh, finally, uh, last news item, uh, Canadian's general manager Kent Hughes granted Sport SK an exclusive interview and spoke about Yuri Slavkovsky. Uh, so that's, uh, I guess, a sports journal from uh, Slovakia. Um, I don't think that Kent Hughes gave up too much information on his thoughts about uh, the Canadians as a team or a whole lot on uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. thought it was interesting that uh, he did not rule out the possibility of uh, Yuri Slavkovsky spending some time in the AHL or going to the World Juniors if he felt like that was something that would benefit him. But at the same time, uh, Kent Hughes was pretty complimentary of uh, that top player. Yeah, I think um, in that interview, Kent Hughes was um, couching his answers and, and saying, he, he mentioned a couple of times that um, that they don't rule out any options, um, but, uh, you know, talked about why they were satisfied with Yuri Slavkovsky and, and talked about his character uh, and how he fits into the room uh, more than his performance on the ice um, that... that that they were really, uh, that they're really impressed with that part of his uh, development. Um, and in fact said his character and the way that he would, would uh, respond to being in a big market um, and absorb the criticism and, and, uh, and you know, the, the overzealous praise and, and the harsh criticism that, that they felt his makeup um, would be able to absorb that. And that's one of the reasons uh, that, um, that he was able to, uh, one of the reasons they, they chose him, one of the main reasons they chose him. And they said uh, that, that they, he believes, uh, Hughes does, that Slavkovsky has been handling the pressure, uh, although he said not perfectly. Uh, and he, he um, you know, said that's part, partly because English is in his first language, French is in his, his first language. As far as him going to the AHL, again, wouldn't rule options out. But I think it didn't from his mess from his answer. Um, it didn't sound like that was uh, unless the wheels fell off um, of Slavkovsky and and um, it, you know his confidence was way down. Uh, I don't think that it's under consideration. Um, World Juniors. Um, I thought a fascinating answer here um, because you know he he said well we'll we'll make that decision at the time. But uh, went on to say, um, it's one week of hockey. I don't think there's one week of hockey that makes a hockey player. Mm. Which is fascinating because, well, maybe it was more than one week. Maybe it was two weeks. The Olympics was what decided, uh, what helped the Canadians make their decision. It certainly wasn't Slavkovsky's play with his club team. It was it was on the big stage, and we heard Bobrov mention how he played on the on the big stage uh, in those two weeks. Um, so I, I thought that was absolutely uh, fascinating. Um, they touched on Mashar, and and um, uh, I I think that 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 the organization is happy. You know, last year was kind of touch and go. Mashar had been playing with men. Uh, and went to play with with um, players of his own age, and and maybe he had a hard adjustment to that. But as we mentioned a, a few minutes ago, he's thriving in uh, Kitchener right now. Um, they'd rather have him there than bringing him to to Montreal, 
Uh, he's a very skilled player and putting him, um, you know, down in their lineup. Um, and the, the last question they asked Ken Hughes was, um, you know, you got a lot of prospects, but no big star. Do you think that you're missing a, a, a big star? Um, and the way he answered it was, um, we have some good offensive players. We need more. Uh, do we need a star? The Edmonton Oilers are sitting at the bottom of the standings right now with two of the biggest stars in the NHL. It takes more than that to win. Um, so, I mean, for an organization that, you know, has had um, Maurice Richard, Jean Beliveau, Guy Lafleur, Steve Shaw, you know, go on, uh, Carey Price, Ken Dryden, um, the, I think that this rebuild is being done uh, in a little bit different way. Yeah, uh, I think pretty good interview, like overall by Sport SK. I felt like this was something where if uh, Habs fans blinked, they could have missed this one pretty easily. So nice on you, Rick, to find this one out. And uh, Sport SK actually went on to have a little bit of fun with uh, Montreal Canadiens fans standing out on the street and uh, quizzing them on their knowledge about Slovakian hockey. Yeah, it was uh, very fun. And they also did a, a feature on Mashar. And, and I think what's coming, it has to be coming, is a feature interview with Slavkovsky. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. And we'll, we'll probably mention that in upcoming weeks. Uh, but then uh, they said Montreal Canadiens fans are the most knowledgeable, the most passionate uh, in hockey. So let's test them. Uh, and they went and took uh, photos of uh, Slovakian players um, mostly in the past and, um, uh, asked for their not stood outside of uh, Provago and, and asked them, uh, uh, and here's just one of the, the responses. He's one. Yaroslav Halak. Yuri Slavkovsky. Tomas Tatar. Zdeno Chara. Marian Hosa. Marian Gabrick. Yeah, great result. Thank you. Tremendous. What a good showing. Now, not all of the, the ones they asked got a perfect score, but uh, this Canadians fan did, um, wearing a, a Habs jersey uh, as he answered it. And um, I, I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun by the sports SK uh, folks. Yeah, I think that was a nice touch. And uh, congrats to that fan for getting all of that right. I'm not sure that I would have. And uh, <laughs> To be honest, a nice little reminder how many good players have come from Slovakia. I kind of forget about some of those guys. I know uh, like Chara and Gabrik a little bit older, but nonetheless, really good hockey players for sure. And got the even the uh, Tatar got the <laughs> the pronunciation in there. <laughs> Love that. Uh, but uh, I think now's a pretty good time to head into our first break. Uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment. Uh, it's going to be uh, Thanksgiving evaluation time and uh, what to expect for the remainder of the year. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, it's hockey season once again. And although I love using DraftKings Sportsbook to I don't know, enhance and make more fun my NFL watching week to week. It's even more fun when you get in on the action with the NHL and DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, whether it's daily fantasy, whether it's uh, same game parlays that you're doing on Sportsbook, or whether you're just placing straight up money line bets, DraftKings Sportsbook makes it fun and easy for you to bet the action on the ice. So download the app now and use code THPN. 
New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. Now that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella, and with me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Just a little reminder here off the top of the segment to hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a single episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. And here we are on American Thanksgiving. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens were out of a playoff spot, uh, actually, on American Thanksgiving. Um, American Thanksgiving is kind of considered a benchmark uh, for uh, projecting playoff status and just getting a good evaluation of the team. Even sometimes I find if the team is a little bit on the outside, like just based off an, off of an eye test, you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be and what their weaknesses are. So they earned 18 points uh, heading into yesterday's game against the San Jose Sharks with a record of 8-9-2. and two. Uh, they ended up winning that game in the shootout, so that adds one more win uh, to their record, but still outside of the playoffs. So uh, I guess at this point, what does this mean for the direction of uh, the rest of the season, Rick? Well, um, we hate to be the bearers of bad news and, you know, never say never. Um, but uh, it's very unlikely that the, the Montreal Canadiens are not making the, the playoffs this year. Um, and and. You know, folks say, "How can you say that at the end of November?" There's plenty of uh, of runway to go, and there there is, there there absolutely is. Uh, but all the telltale signs, um, you know, the 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 great goaltending, the reason they were winning uh, early um, has kind of slid back uh, to where it should be. Um, the easy schedule is, that they had in October is done. Um, and now you get into the, the real meat of the season and, and, and games get difficult and, and, uh, um, it, it's, it's going, and you know, let's, let's be honest, uh, injuries have started to become uh, a factor again, uh, with the Montreal Canadians. Could they have made the playoffs, um, with, um, you know, does Arbor Jacki make that big a difference? Does Jordan Harris make that big a difference? Maybe not, but Kirby Doc does. Uh, makes a huge difference to 
the way this team uh, is able to uh, deploy and and uh, um, and 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 the way the opposition has to defend um, this team. So uh, that doesn't mean you should stop watching. That doesn't mean there's there's all kinds of of um, the, the Canadians have been competitive. Um, there's all kinds of individual um, measure milestones that that can be achieved and we're going to keep a close eye on Kent Hughes because we know uh, that that the Canadians are likely to be um, sellers and and in that uh, interview with um, um, uh, Sport SK uh, that we talked about at the end of the last segment he mentioned uh, it was interesting he said we have 11 uh, picks uh, in, the, in the 2024 draft, 11 picks the year after, and he said, and we'll be likely adding more picks this year. Uh, so that, I think, is a good signal that he's going to be uh, very active. Yeah, and I think one can hope so. I think last year's trade deadline uh, was a little bit underwhelming. Ken Hughes was not as active as I think we were anticipating. Uh, some injuries and whatnot did get in the way. But, uh, well, leading up to that trade deadline, what I'm looking for is, well, of course, showcasing some of those veterans. Montreal does have a few players that I think could be on the move. Of course, you also want to focus on developing some of your younger players and prospects. Uh, right now, Slavkovsky sitting on six points in 20 games. You want to keep putting him in a position where he can develop and uh, hopefully succeed at some point. And uh, to be honest, I don't think we're looking so much at wins and losses at this point. Although I, I think that uh, if you're looking at uh, maybe a good draft pick, you're hoping for some losses. And I don't know if it's too early to really go team tank at this point. But uh, still, uh, like you said, a lot of things to watch out for. And, uh, well, Kent Hughes, how soon can we see a move, do you think? Well, um, as you said, last last season, uh, injuries came into the picture. And some of those injuries came into the picture in uh, December. So if you're if you're interested, uh, leaving aside the goalie situation for the moment, if you're looking at uh, players who are on expiring contracts like a Tanner Pearson, like a Sean Monahan, if you're looking at players that uh, maybe have a year left, uh, like a Christian Dvorak um, or or a, a David Savard, um, maybe those and and uh, and. Yes, acknowledge that David Savard has to be able to come back from uh, from his injury to to be participate in that. But um, will the will their offers be substantial enough? Will the offers be convincing enough um, starting in December for Kent Hughes to uh, jump on? Uh, we know that that patience is um, you know his his greatest asset, but but um, waiting too long may have been. You know, that's a double-edged sword. So uh, he may have saw the other side of that last season. Absolutely. Uh, I think the, with Sean Monaghan last season, that was a guy that we, I, I think it was being reported that a first-round pick could have been on the table for Sean Monaghan, but then he gets a season-ending injury. Luckily, he does come back this season, uh, re-signing with Montreal. I think there's a good opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, you mentioned Pearson. Uh, you wonder if maybe an Armia who's been uh, up and down between Laval and Montreal might be somebody that they could look to move. Uh, Kent Hughes has also said that, well, he said last year in an interview that uh, he w- couldn't stop getting calls about one Josh Anderson. 
He didn't want to move Anderson. Uh, the right deal wasn't there. And, uh, well, Josh Anderson so far this season, two assists in 20 games. Uh, I wonder if uh, Ken Hughes maybe has some regrets about uh, not picking up the phone and uh, listening to those offers a little bit more last season. So that's where where uh, I think, like you said, uh, his patience is his greatest asset, but also it can be a bit of a double-edged sword. Uh, his unwillingness to budge on the price uh, could have hurt him a little bit. Also, Edmondson is a, a player that uh, I think we were hearing reports that Edmonton could have a first-round pick on the table uh, for Edmondson at some points. Uh, Montreal waited around a little bit too long, and then Edmondson was uh, injured and unavailable by the trade deadline. So, like I said, I, I'm hoping that uh, Kent Hughes starts uh, picking up the phone pretty, pretty soon. And I think the first thing he has to do is put an end to this three-goalie tandem. <laughs> and, uh, well, as uh, reports have been put out this week, uh, there might be some options on the table for Montreal to move one of their three goaltenders. Jake Allen, Samuel Montembeau, or Caden Primo? Yeah, there's, uh, well, they say where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been a lot of, of fire, actually, um, in the last week or so. Um, and uh, we know that the Edmonton Oilers are desperate for goaltending. Actually, their um, yeah, goaltending isn't their only problem. Um, and Jack Campbell, I, you know, who knows what happened there, but... Uh, I think the hope was that they would send him um, to the AHL and he'd find his game. He hasn't. His his numbers have been terrible. Um, and they brought in uh, Calvin Pickard and, and Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner had a, a shutout on on uh, Friday night against uh, Washington. Uh, but defensively, they're bad. But goaltending has been a nightmare. Um, they made the coaching change, going to Chris Knobloch that uh, – it may be too early to, to judge, but some of the same uh, problems are still exist in in uh, Edmonton, and it appears that um, you know that that they are uh, looking for a goaltender, not just uh, with um, with the Canadians in mind, but they have looked at every single one of uh, the Canadians' goaltenders. Yeah, uh, Edmonton really seems to be evaluating all of their options. And uh, before we get to some uh, official reporting on this, uh, I'm going to lay things out like this. And Rick, uh, I guess to quote you, if uh, teams are calling on Jake Allen, you, you trade him. If teams are calling on Caden Primo, you make the trade. If a team is calling on Sam Montembeau, I think you also make that trade. That's fair to say, right? Absolutely. And if they want more than one, make a two-for-one deal as well. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so uh, let's uh, hear from Elliot uh, Friedman and uh, as he reports on uh, the Oilers' search for a goaltender. So Montreal had a few games at home, and someone told me the Oilers were there to see all three Montreal goalies play. They saw them all. They saw Primo, they saw Montembeau, and they saw Allen. So now a couple of people warned me, don't assume it's going to happen, but, they're but everybody noticed that they were watching them. And... I think Allen is the least likely of the three. Montreal with Montembeau and Primo, I think they would like some clarity on Montembeau. Clarity on Montembeau, what does that mean? Well, uh, that means because negotiations um, uh, are underway uh, with Sam Montembeau, um, the, the Canadians want to know how that's going to uh, end. 
um, because you know it, it's 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 a different situation um, if the demands are going to be so high that you can't come to a deal, or if or if Kent Hughes is going to be backed into a corner on that. Um, so if the negotiations are uh, at all difficult, are contentious, are if there's no movement by the Montembeau camp. Um, you know, Friedman went on to say um, that how long are you willing to wait to see if those negotiations are going to work out? The Canadians are getting to the point where they want this to end. They want the three goalie situation to end. Uh, they want to come to some conclusion or not with Montembeau um, and that this isn't going to drag on uh, until the trade deadline. Uh, this is something that has to be resolved sooner than that. Yeah, I, I don't think it made sense from the beginning of the season to carry three goaltenders if you're Montreal. Having Caden Primo sit up in the press box as much as he has, it, it's kind of just unfortunate for him. Uh, he's, he's a young goalie. He does need to play. Uh, I don't think he's quite NHL ready, as we've seen uh, in uh, the few games that he's played. Uh, he's had moments where uh, he, he's brilliant, and uh, he's had moments where he's certainly been less than that um interesting too uh, elliot freeman uh, pointing out that uh, the oilers have looked at all three goaltenders and uh this past week i think we did actually see all three goaltenders play and uh, kind of a mix of performances all around and uh, i guess that brings uh, the question uh, what uh, would an oilers canadians deal look like um just kind of looking at at things and maybe i i focus too much on this side of it but uh, the Oilers don't really have a whole lot of cap flexibility. So the obvious thing for them, in my opinion anyway, is if they're making uh, a goalie trade for someone on the Montreal Canadiens, I, I, I don't see how oil, the Oilers are going to get around not sending Jack Campbell the other way or another contract to try and make this work out. And if you're Montreal and the Oilers are trying to send uh, Jack Campbell your way, I'm not sure if that makes a whole lot of sense. But like you pointed out, Rick, uh, Campbell has passed uh, through waivers recently, so that might help things out just a little bit. Yeah, he can go to, if if that kind of deal was made, he can go to Laval without um, having to go through waivers. Um, you know, can he eventually uh, find his game, um, you know, over a longer term? Certainly the Canadians would have, uh, would be able to be far more patient uh, the Edmonton Oilers got to get this thing turned around soon, or else, uh, you know, it's a it's a wasted year for for them. The Canadians aren't in that same position. Um, so to make the numbers work, uh, would you take on that that contract? Um, I you know I don't know. You called it uh, one of the worst contracts uh, in the NHL, and and that yeah. uh, that is you know probably true. Um, and, and so when you look at at the uh, available goaltenders for the, the Montreal Canadiens, um, why does Elliot Friedman say that, um, that it's unlikely that it's Jake Allen? Um, well, I, th- I think uh, Jake Allen could, um, could be a good backup, um, a solid backup. Um, his numbers are equal to, to, and, and in some cases a little bit better and other cases a little bit worse than, than Sam Montembeau. The difficulty with Jake Allen is that he has a no trade, a modified no trade with seven teams, I believe, uh, on it. And, um, we don't know who those teams are, but, um, we know that, that, uh, 
you know, Edmonton is not uh, a big destination for um, a lot of, of players. Uh, so that could be um, an issue. Um, Caden Primo, um, you know, we, we know Caden Primo. We've seen him in the AHL. We've seen him in the NHL. Um, and there really, there's no fooling. Um, well, uh, I don't know about, uh, you know, Edmonton's experience with goaltenders. Maybe there is an opportunity to fool them. Um, yeah. but they have seen, um, they have seen Caden Primo, not only in the NHL, the scouts, uh, we see the scouts at AHL games, same scouts at NHL games. They are pro scouts. They go, uh, to Laval, they go to Montreal. They have seen Caden Primo a lot. Um, and they'll notice, um, as Marty Braun said, that that his skills or his lack of skills don't translate well to the NHL game. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, a, an easy assignment he got um, to get that win uh, against the, the NHL's worst uh, team. Um, and, you know, even in that, and, and not so much the goals that he gave up, but um, the saves where he was completely out of control, uh, turned around, um, you know, on the opposite side and it hit a stick and um, Mike Hoffman, uh, you know, right off the hop, uh, missed the net. Uh, even in the shootout, um, it, it wasn't. Primo faced six shooters. He made one solid save uh, on Zetterland, a, a glove save on a slap shot. Um, but the rest shot over the net. Mike Hoffman hit the post uh, in the shootout. Um, it's not Primo coming in and dominating and, and feeling confident. Um, he he just looks to escape games. Uh, and you can hear it when when he's, he, he as we said last, last week, he's uncomfortable in his own skin. Um, so would, would, would the Oilers go that route? I don't think so. Uh, and that leaves Sam Montembeau. And uh, listen, some of the the what's been written about um, you talk about overzealous. No, it's not in that category. It's just absolute nonsense has been written about Sam Montembeau being an elite goaltender, and uh, he just isn't. He's not even close. Um, Sam Montembeau is is an average goaltender. Um, you know, in in just over a hundred games played. Three and a half goals a, uh, a game, and he and he doesn't have a nine uh, hundred uh, save percentage, eight ninety seven, I believe, is is his current total. Um, Canadians um, uh, reporters, uh, Montreal reporters, are are really uh, they they like reporting the goal saved above above expected stats. Uh, because that's the only one that that Sam Montembeau seems to to do well at. But even the, I think it was 13th last year. Um, if you look at, um, and I think this is a better stat actually, goal saved above expected per 60. Um, if you look at that stat, um, you have Jake Allen is 22nd in the league. Not great. That kind of says he's an average goaltender. And Sam Montembeau is two places below that at 24th in the league. Um, so that one doesn't even um, give him that advantage. But listen, if if um, if the Edmonton Oilers want to take any of the goaltenders um, off the Canadians' hands, why should <laughs> there's there is no carry price in this organization? Um, and I thought that it was interesting that the NHL.com had a two part series on carry price. 
Um, and uh, this past week, Dave Stubbs did uh, spend some time with him uh, when Carrie was in, in Toronto. Um, and the article reminded us um, how dominant he was, how he was the best goalie of his generation. All the all of the the elite goaltenders that uh, the Montreal Canadiens have had over the years and all the records that Carey uh, Price holds better than them all. So um, it's, it's difficult. And, and to, this is, this is none of the goaltenders in the organization right now are at that level. So um, it's going to take a different strategy. Um, and uh, certainly in the interim, um, you, you know, you deal with some pain, um, and and you're thinking about the future, and Kent Hughes needs to pull the trigger and end this uh, three goalie rodeo. Absolutely. And uh, well, let's uh, think about some com- some potential components of this trade, and uh, hear from Darren Drager as he talks about that. I think though, for the Montreal Canadiens, in fact, I don't think I know this. If they're having a conversation, willing to trade Sam Montemo, then the the return coming back is going to be substantial as it would need to be. And and what does that mean? How do you break that down? If we're connecting the dots in Edmonton one more time, guess where we're going, right? <laughs> we're talking about Xavier Bogergo and, and maybe something else. I don't know. I think that would get the attention of Ken Hughes and management of the Canadians. But given where the Edmonton Oilers are, maybe you can make it a little bit more extravagant. Maybe you can build it into something bigger. You know, do we say blockbuster? Maybe. I don't know what other pieces in Montreal could change or impact the core of the Edmonton Oilers. Dare we say blockbuster? Dare <laughs> we? Do we say blockbuster? Um, a little dramatic there from Darren Drager. Um, but we, we've t- uh, he, me- he mentioned the name of Xavier Bargo. Uh, we talked about him. I think we talked about him last week. We've talked about him before on... This show certainly um, would be a target uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. He was uh, a first-round pick, 22nd overall, uh, by the Oilers in 2021. Uh, Smallish forward and um, and, uh, said to be uh, the Oilers' um, best prospect, kind of a weak prospect pool, but uh, in Bakersfield this season... He has a goal and four assists for five points in 11 games. Um, but Kent Hughes, uh, you know, that Cortex management, uh, he's represented by Kent Hughes, obviously very familiar uh, with this player. Yeah, um, I don't know. Is Edmonton going to have to give up their best prospect in order to get one of these Montreal goaltenders? Well, if you listen to Darren Dreger, maybe, but uh, based on uh, some of the things we've talked about, I'm not feeling so convinced uh, that uh, that's what Edmonton would have to give up, to be completely honest. And I I know that uh, you mentioned as well that uh, they have a bit of a weaker prospect pool. Maybe uh, Xavier Borgo ends up being more of like a B-level prospect in most organizations. But uh, to be completely honest here... Uh, I, I think that uh, it really would not cost that much. Uh, looking at some of the other prospects uh, Edmonton has, uh, there's uh, Matt Vey Petrov, Tyler Tulio, Raphael Lavoie. has just not a whole lot there that's all that uh, great or interesting, but uh, maybe in Edmonton, these are some guys who are quite valuable. Um, 
but uh, like I said, too, I, I think that uh, this Montreal organization and the Edmonton Oilers organization would really have to do something that makes the numbers work just because of the lack of cap flexibility on either side. On top of that, uh, I think that, uh, you know what, uh, how do I put this? I don't know. I don't know how it's avoidable that Jack Campbell is not going to be within this trade personally. Uh, Darren Traeger, you know, pretty dramatic by saying, you know, it's, it's going, it could be a very big trade. Well, is Montreal going to be able to maybe package up a few things? Uh, is, some, is there something else Montreal has that could be interesting to Edmonton? Maybe, I don't know, like a Sean Monaghan or something. Maybe that could drive up the price a little bit. But again, this is all uh, speculation at, at this point, and it's, it's really going to be up to uh, the Edmonton Oilers to decide if any of these three goaltenders are going to be good enough uh, to come in and be legitimate. I, I guess like 1B type goaltender is what the Edmonton Oilers are going to be looking at uh, at the moment. Yeah, Darren Drager was was definitely teasing that something bigger, something more than just a, a Montembeau going to uh, Edmonton, and and I said earlier that um, goaltending is is the main problem in in Edmonton, but it's not the only problem, and and they've had uh, difficulties on defense. The Canadians with uh, an abundance of defensemen. Um, young defensemen, defensemen uh, that are are coming into the organization, um, would Canadians fans be as excited uh, about this trade if um, if it was not only Montembeau, but if uh, one of the young defensemen um, was packaged up, whether it's a Struble, whether it's a Jordan Harris, uh, whoever it might be, um, at, to fit the terms um, with with Drager calling it a blockbuster. Um, I think that that uh, ja- uh, that uh, Kent Hughes has has um, just got to solve his his goalie situation and bring back some some assets the the kind of that he talked about in his interview with Sport SK uh, adding um, some draft capital um, and, and maybe um, maybe just maybe adding uh, that prospect uh, that they think could help their prospect pool in Xavier Borgo. Yeah, exactly. And uh, how many times have you heard, oh, Montembeau's been like found money, you know, can't believe we got him off of waivers. Well, if you get like literally anything in exchange for Montembeau, I think that still counts as uh, found money. It doesn't have to be like a huge return, right? That's right. And and I think there's a real danger. The The danger is that, that Montembeau stays. And Montembeau has become this fan favorite, this cult hero in Montreal, not because of his numbers, partly because um, you know his birthplace, partly because uh, he's made it clear that he loves being Mon- Montreal and he'd love to stay in Montreal, um, and so that buys him some favor. Um, we know that we've heard Sam Montembeau loves uh, to monitor social media and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know gets his his uh, um, I, I think builds his confidence um, uh, through that. Um, but I think that you know if if this gets to where um, where Montembeau, if, you know, he hears the rumors of the trade, but the Canadians are keeping him, then his salary demands get out of whack, and and my goodness, anything beyond what uh, Jake Allen certainly uh, what Jake Allen is is his deal is is paid is is way too much. I think Jake Allen offers more to the organization because of his his uh, having won a Stanley Cup, his his veteran leadership, and he can mentor 
um, a young goalie. Sam Montemo isn't the same kind of person. Um, he doesn't, he can be mentored, but he's not a mentor to, to younger uh, players. And I think that, um, yeah, there might be a danger in in overpaying uh, Montembeau and keeping him. And, and uh, um, then, you know, we, then everybody realizes the, the average goaltender that, uh, uh, that he truly is. Yeah, I think right now, too, might be an opportunity to sell high on a Montembeau. Yes. I don't know that his value is going to be any higher than it is right now. Maybe it would have been a little bit higher last year based on how much more he was being talked up uh, last season. Um, I agree with you about uh, Jake Allen. I, I think, if anything, it's it's the leadership and also a guy that has said that he wants to be in Montreal. So I think there's a lot of value to that and uh, being able to turn to the veteran goaltender when you have kind of a shaky team through a rebuild is pretty nice. And uh, like you said, with Montembeau, I think there is a danger of handing out a Jack Campbell-type contract that could come around and uh, bite you in the bum a few years later when you want to be very good. So I think, like we keep uh, saying over and over here, if you're getting some uh, offers on uh, Montembeau or Primo, I, I think you just you take it, you run. I, I don't think that you're looking to go for like a home run type trade and getting back a huge return with multiple draft picks or anything. I think you just you take what you can get, you sell high, uh, and there you go. That's how you get your found money. Agree. Agree 100%, which kind of leads us right into our question of the week. Yeah, so our Canadians Connection question of the week is which players will finish the season as the Canadians goalie tandem? We want to hear from you, and uh, we'll give you a few moments to think about this as uh, we head into our final break uh, on this uh, episode. Uh, We're going to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get to the Have Your Say segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection here on Rocket Sports Radio. Have you started noticing how many holiday and Christmas commercials are already popping up on your television screens? Well, listen, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. Hey, guess what? You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Now, you've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, right? Their everyday earbuds are a product that I use all the time. They've got great sound. They've got one-touch environmental settings on the earbuds themselves. They fit so comfortably inside my ear, and their connectivity is always seamless. They are absolutely tremendous. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like those everyday earbuds, which of course are known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and that perfect in-ear fit that I talked about. That gives you all-day wear and lasting comfort. And did you know that this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech? So what is that? Well, check this out. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Looking for something that's not uh, electronics-related? Well, guess what? Their faucet filter 
ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. <laughs> Raycon's known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. So it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. So to get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a little bit early, Raycon is offering currently 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. So hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com THPN. Welcome back to episode 271 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, make sure that you are following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And uh, lots of interesting discussions to be had about uh, the Montreal, uh, I guess, their trade situations, their trade options, uh, their goaltending situation, carrying three goaltenders. I think sometimes we get a little bit carried away and uh, we forget to mention that, you know, there are other teams out there that could actually be looking to move goalies too. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. We talked about it a bit during the uh, the break that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, contrary to what... Um, some Canadians fans think uh, don't have to trade for, with the Montreal Canadiens. They don't have to. They don't have to uh, tr- uh, trade for Sam Montembeau or Caden Primo or, or Jake Allen for that matter. Um, there are other. Um, they there are other organizations, um, and we threw around a, a couple of names. Um, you mentioned uh, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. I said Carol uh, Vamelka, um, and you said. Connor Ingram. Connor Ingram. That's a good goaltender. Yeah. Uh, we saw a, um, a a very good goaltender, uh, formerly with New Jersey, uh, in San Jose, uh, in Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, why wouldn't San Jose want to move uh, a goaltender? Uh, we also talked about uh, Detroit. Yeah, they're carrying three goaltenders. Uh, they have, uh, well, their starter is uh, Billy Huso. He's probably not on the move, but they're also carrying Alex Lyon and one James Reimer that I think we felt would be a good fit for the Edmonton Oilers as well. Yeah, I think uh, Reimer would be uh, pretty good. Um, Yaroslav Halak is is a uh, free agent, I guess. Uh, that's an option. Carter Hart, uh, it, was, it was reported that uh, he was made available at the beginning of the season. Maybe things have, have changed as Philadelphia uh, has been pretty good. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, there are options other than uh, the three goaltenders in Montreal. Yeah, I'll throw out one more for you. Why not uh, just next door in Calgary? Uh, this uh, Dustin Wolf goaltender's pretty good maybe they want to give him a shot in the nhl and move on from one of vladar or markstrom so 
plenty of options around the league, and uh, we we do want to hear uh, everyone's thoughts. Uh, so please let us know uh, what you think about everything we've talked about on this episode. Uh, just text us at five eight five three Rocket. And uh, boy, these Montreal Canadiens always something going on. But uh, here at Rocket Sports, we've got you covered. Here's where you can find everything that you need to know to stay up to date. Uh, head over to THN.com slash Montreal. That's the hockey news. Uh, we do all the Montreal coverage for uh, the hockey news online. Uh, game day posts. Uh, we do feature articles. Uh, we do uh, lots of writing about prospects to keep you up to date with the Laval Rocket and the Trois-Rivières Lions. So everything you need to know, you can find all the Canadians coverage in one place. Also, if you like uh, multimedia content, uh, we have plenty of it. Uh, you can also head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search at All Habs and hit that subscribe button on there throughout the week. Uh, we have several shows that we post to start the Habs Hockey Report show hosted by Amy Johnson. The latest episode entitled NHL GMs Might Change the Rules of Overtime. Uh, so head over there, uh, check that out. Amy is a wonderful host and uh, she loves to engage with all of her viewers. Leave a like, leave a comment, hit subscribe. And if you want to keep up to date with the, the Laval Rocket, another good source is the Rocket Hockey Report, also hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, the latest episode entitled Injuries Recalls Equals Bigger Challenge for the Laval Rocket. So head over there, check that out. Also, this podcast has been uh, put into that YouTube channel uh, as well. You can find that throughout the week. The Canadians Connection podcast's last episode entitled Rating the Habs. What's good, what's bad, and what about the playoffs? Head over there and uh, check us out on YouTube as well. Give us another listen on YouTube and uh, enjoy all of our content throughout the week. I, and, I'm just uh, going to add in there, um, emphasize, we, we love your likes. Uh, we love your comments and, and we get a lot of them. Uh, we love all of the views uh, that we get on our YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash allhabs, uh, easy to find. Um, but one thing we'd love for you to do is subscribe. Um, I, I've noticed that uh, we get tons of views, um, and about half of those are from subscribers, and about half of those are from non-subscribers. So do us a favor. We, we, we do all the research. Amy does a terrific job. All the production uh, that she does, the video production, um, give us a Christmas gift. Give us an early Christmas gift and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's the least you can do. And uh, that way, uh, you can also stay up to date with all of our content as well. You're not gonna miss. You're not going to want to miss out on anything throughout the season. Like I said, always something interesting going on with the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket. So that's going to be a really good spot for you to stay up to date. Uh, coming up uh, next week, uh, myself and my Rocket Sports Media colleague Gustav will be doing a live stream watch along on YouTube. Uh, this will be on the 29th, uh, Montreal visiting Columbus. So come hang out with us, uh, tune in, send in questions, um, just tune in and let us know what you're thinking too. And uh, let us give us some feedback on this as well. Uh, if you like this style of content, watching the game with us, and uh, you, we know that uh, our listeners uh, love to be engaged and uh, that's another great place to do that. And it's easy. Um, it's like being in a pub, but you can stay home and interact with other Canadians fans all over. Uh, I really enjoy the the live streams uh, that that you've done uh, yourself and Nathan and now Gustav. Um, they're they're just a, a great way to to watch a Montreal Canadiens game. And finally, make sure that you are subscribed to the Premier Rocket Sports Media podcast on your favorite podcast app. 
the Canadians Connection. You can also find all of our episodes at canadiansconnection.fm. So if you haven't already and you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss a single episode. We'll be here every single Saturday throughout the year. We are your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. And as we reach the end of November, well, that uh, we're reaching the end of our Movember campaign. I've been growing the mustache. I've been updating the daily Mo tracker. I know you, Rick, have been doing the move, and uh, we've uh, done a good job of, uh, I guess, raising awareness for uh, men's health, and uh, we really enjoy doing this Movember campaign. Absolutely. It's something we've supported for the past 10 years, and, and as you said, the uh, the main reason we get involved is uh, about awareness, uh, but we also like to raise a few dollars uh, for the Movember campaign. Uh, so if you're feeling in a giving mood, you have a little bit left over from your Black Friday shopping, uh, head to Movember.com, look for the Rocket Sports page, and uh, give what you can. Absolutely. So now it's a good time to flip it over to our listeners Our Canadians Connection question of the week is which players will finish the season as a Canadians goalie tandem? We want to make sure that we hear from you. Uh, You can text us at 5853ROCKET. You can reach out to us on social media at uh, Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But Rick, uh, if people have a little bit more to say, I believe they can email us as well. You sure can. It's hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. We receive tons of text, tweets, emails, and other messages throughout the week. And uh, Rick, I believe uh, we have a few that we wanted to highlight today. Well, this uh, this text uh, comes from our good friend uh, Dino, who uh, listens to us in the the Gatineau, Ottawa Gatineau area. Um, and uh, this this one well includes you, Michael. So uh, let me <laughs> let me just read this uh, from Dino. Dino says, uh, "Rick, my friend, here's the scoop." I went out for a walk just early, just earlier trying to bust the cobwebs out. I was en route to Timmy's for a coffee and a bagel, and on the ground, I see a coin. I get closer, I pick it up. It's a copper penny. Holy smoke, impossible. There's been none around for years. I look at the year, and well, it's hard to tell. I give it a rub, but what appears? 2007. Really? Holy smoke. My spider senses started working overtime. 2007? Was that the Sens versus the Mighty Ducks? I wasn't sure. 2006 or 7. So I got home. I put Google to work and presto, confirmation. That means the Senators are going to the show. Tell Mike the Spin Doctor Spinella the good news. (laughs) It's possible that there will be a parade at the Palladium, otherwise known as the Canadian Tire Center. Uh, Karma via Brian Kilray. The blessing has been sent. Um, so, Michael, um, you grew up as, as a Sens fan. It's been um, predicted. It's been um, uh, prognosticated uh, by the, the coin on the sidewalk in the Ottawa area that the Sens are going to the Cup final. Uh, don't tease me, Dino. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, you reaching out and letting me know. Uh, if only. We'll see what happens, though. It's been uh, a tough rebuild. It's been a tough start to the season for those Ottawa Senators. But uh, who knows? Things can turn around and uh, appreciate the n- nickname as well. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think I've been, had anyone call me that before, but uh, I hope that sticks. Yeah, it's it's uh, well, I, we always uh, appreciate getting... Um, email, uh, email, oh well, uh, mostly texts and emails uh, from Dino, a diehard Canadians fan uh, in the Ottawa region. 
Absolutely. So uh, I will uh, put out a reminder, too, that uh, when you do reach out to us, uh, please do let us know your first name and where you're from. Uh, that way we know who we're talking to. And uh, we love to see where everyone's from as well, because we know that there are Habs fans from all over the globe. Uh, coming up this week, uh, I guess an early game on Saturday, just before, or I, I guess just a little bit after we were recording on November the 25th, uh, Montreal visits the LA Kings. That's a 4 p.m. start, so don't miss out on that. A uh, couple of days break in between before Montreal goes to visit the Columbus Blue Jackets on the 29th. Uh, make sure that you tune in uh, to YouTube uh, to watch uh, uh, our live stream watch along with Gustav and I. And then it's a back-to-back as Florida comes to Montreal to end the week. So uh, a couple of interesting games and uh, a bit of a mix of competition coming up this week. Absolutely. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, December the 2nd, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.